Okay, we're starting off. Mem Gimel, we are six lines down. So uh, we're continuing with the paragraph of Nairish and his pasta, although what we had discussed is really is not going to, is really going to set up a, a preview for a majority of the rest of the parak, which is in regards to Zuchusim um, <coughs> that the father has. So we touched on it a little bit, right? We discussed this idea that in the Mishnah that the um, father is not Moivish Zuchusim to his son. Dahainu, the ability to be Tabea Knas, right? That's where our mission was coming in. So now we want to know, Rabbi So if you have a daughter that is getting Mizoinus from the brothers, meaning what's going on over here, that the father passes away. Okay. And therefore, in the Ksuba, it's one of the Tanai Ksuba. And we'll really, I'll, I'll, we'll call this out really on the Mishnah later on Ahmed Beis, but there's. Practically speaking, there's two components to ksuba. Now, we discussed already, already we've had is ksuba daraisa, darabanon, there's an aspect of it too, basula, that's daraisa. The understanding is that ksuba is a tenai bezdin, okay, whether it's daraisa, but it's fixed. But that is the ksuba itself. There was something called tenai ksuba, or also tesefes ksuba, which goes into effect later at the Shasna Suin. One of the tenai ksuba, so it's not the Iker Ksuba is that Absula gets 200 Zos, and right, we said Amana, that we wanted to say is the, is the Rabbanon. We had this in the Gemara previously. The Amana gets 100 Zos, but the, one of the Tanai Ksuba is this idea, and Rashi brings down the Lashon here, Benon Nukvan Dihaven Lechiminai. And when the Gemara is going to go through later on, um, we'll have it in, in the next uh, week and a half or so, that written into as a Tanai Ksuba is that the man stipulates that any children that you will have from me, meaning he's writing, so the ksuba is a, is a document between the husband and wife. Goes into effect really when, there's a discussion as far as when it's effective, again, we'll see this on a base, but it goes into effect if the husband dies or divorces his wife. If the wife passes away while the husband's still alive, the husband survives the wife, then there is no ksuba. Okay, so one of the things written into the tonight ksuba is that it was the standard Tanai, again, it's the extra stuff on the Ksuba, is that if any children that we have, the daughters, specifically the female children, if I should pass, says the husband, then they'll continue to get, uh, you know, the Mizainas, they'll continue to, their basic needs, their food will be taken care of by the Yarshim. So it's built in. So now, what happens over here, right? We're asking for Mashish, a bas, a, a girl, female, that's getting Mizainas, meaning the father has passed away. And it's a Tanai Ksuba that the brothers have to go ahead and give Mizainas. So, who do the Maisiyodayim go to? Okay. Meaning, do we say that the brothers are essentially just stepping in for the father? The Maisiyodayim go to the father. Hachanami, well, since they're acting like a father, they're taking over the Mizainas. Again, they didn't have an option, it was built into the Ksuba. It was a Tanai Ksuba that the sons would have to, that the heirs would have to go ahead and provide incentives to the daughters. But do we say, Maybe. We don't compare it to the Av. Okay, maybe it's by the Av she gets Mizainus because it is Midi-Day, meaning because she is getting Mizainus from the father, therefore the father has Maisei. Over here, 
the money isn't really the heirs because when it was passed down to them, there was a condition there. Hey, you got to take care of, the, of, the, of your sisters. So they're not really getting, it's not like they're taking money out of their own pocket. It was passed down that way. And therefore, you know what? Since it wasn't taken out of their pocket, they don't get the Maesiyadayim. So practically speaking, the way we can say this is, do we say that Maesiyadayim come in exchange if, you're, if you are giving them a Zen, it's the Hainu if you're the father. So then you would get Maesiyadayim. Now, there's some issues here. We just have to kind of work this out. A couple things. Um, first of all, Middal Raisa, the father gets Maesiyadayim. We learned that from Abba, Amma. Okay, we had, we had this, we touched on this before, we'll have it again. We learned this from, from Amavir, that the, we learned that the, um, that the father gets, just like the, the Adon gets the benefits, so for sure the father gets the benefits. Okay, so my Sudan. Mizainis, pay attention, this is important. Mizainis, the father, Midaraisa, does not have to give Mizainis. The very interesting Gemara. So the way that the Tesis in Above Metziah, I believe, explains this. Uh, w- the way to look at this is since, practically speaking, the father gives mezainas. Now, after death, like we just said, it's a tanaik suba. But that's only, it's a tanaik suba that the father supports his daughters after he dies. That's a tanaik suba. Middah raisa, he doesn't have to. Practically speaking, fathers do this. A takana, the practical reality is that the fathers will support. The Maiseyadayim, that's why it's a little bit funny. When you read the words on the surface, you read the words, the words of the Gemara, it seems to be saying that the father gets Maiseyadayim in, in exchange for the fact that he has to provide Mizanis. Number one, he has to provide And number two, he gets Maiseyadayim in Daraisa. He doesn't have to provide Mizanis and he gets Mizanis. So the way to understand this is a couple things. So again, practically speaking, since the father will provide Mizanis, maybe it kind of works. But more importantly, the way the Echrenim explained the Gemara is that, again, what we're saying here is that it's not, we're trying to say, is it like a quid pro quo? They provide, since the brothers, practically speaking, or Lamaisa are providing the Mesinus, do we say that they should get the Maisei Daim? Or do we say that, no, it's not really theirs, it was their father's. And therefore, what was their father's intent? And that's really what the question is, we're going to explain this over here. Really, the question is when the father, it came from the father. This is the Tanakh Suba. The father said, give Mesinus to these girls. Now, did the father intend for her Maiseyadayim, just like when she was under him and he gave Mizanis ostensibly, or he would, if he would give Mizanis, either way the Maiseyadayim go to him. So too, did he intend that it should be a quid pro quo, the sons give the Mizanis to, the, to their sisters, to his daughter, okay, to their sisters, and in exchange did the father intend for them to receive the Maiseyadayim or not? And we'll see that that theme really carries through with the Gemara. What was the father's intention? Amar lei, so Rav Sheshis responds, Tani Sua. Well, we have a bryce. It says, Amana, well, let's look at another person who gets mezainas. Amana, right? So the widow, the, right, the wife would also get it after the death of her husband. from the yisayimim. And who do the maizayadayim belong to? The heirs. Okay, so we see it is exchanged. When the father provides, or within the Tanakh Suva, provides Mizanis for the Almana, we say it is an exchange for Maizayadayim. So too, in the Tanakh Suva, when the father essentially stipulates, or the Tanakh Suva said, give the sisters, give your sisters, or give his daughters Mizanis, so too it should be an exchange for Maizayadayim. That's what Rosh says. So the Gemara asks on that, Midami, Well, when it comes to his Almana, the father doesn't particularly care. He wants his money to be taken care of. She should have what to eat. 
but I don't really care if she becomes wealthy. I don't necessarily need her to have extra money, okay? And therefore, <coughs> a father wants his daughter to have extra money. So maybe it's, it's quite possible. Again, we're trying to figure out the way we, we frame the question here and the way that Achreinim explained it is we're trying to figure out what did the father want? Did he want that maybe, in other words, by an almana, yes, you can't, and you can't compare the two cases. By an almana, he, he intends for his, it's, it's a bad look for him, right? It's a bad look that he wants to make sure his almana is taken care of, right? The oldest so-and-so husband died, left $20 million to the heirs and left his, left his wife out on the street, right? It's not nice. So he wants her to make sure that she's taken care of. But to have extra money, is not interesting. But daughter, yeah, she should have extra money. So you know what? Yes, I wanted my sons to provide Mizraimis, but it shouldn't be quid pro quo. Let her keep her Maisei Adayim. Let her have some extra money. I'm fine with that. Okay, Lameimra. So the Gemara says, well, one second. Now you're saying that Bas is on a higher level because the father wants her to keep her money versus the Amana. Lameimra, Dibita, Itifa, Lameimra, Amana, Vama, Rabbi, Abam, Rabbi, Yesi, Asa, Amana, Eitzel, Abbas. We treat the Amana when you have this Amana and Abbas. Kibas, Eitzel, Achem, Minachasu, Mo'atim. So let's say you, you de- you're dealing with an estate that only has nechasim mu'atim. What's nechasim mu'atim? Rashi says it only has enough um, for parnasas shteimas rechodesh, enough to, to, to survive on 12 months. Taisa says until they become bagaris, right? So until we're talking about katanas here, until they get to the age where they're already gedalim. But either way, so the point is when there's limited assets, so now we have to decide, okay, who, who, who are they going to and who's going to go knock on doors for food? So what do we do? Also, amana eitzel abbas. So when it's an amana and a bas, we treat it kibas eitzel achem in a Meaning, ma bas eitzel achem. So the rule is like this: even though who yarshins the father, the the sons, right? The brothers, the men, they really yarshin. But when you have limited resources, the problem is there's a yerusha going to the sons, but the daughters they have a tonight so that they have to get mezainus. So who comes first? You know who comes first? The, the daughters come first. They're going to get to eat. And what, what do we tell the sons? You go knock on doors. You go knock on the doors. Well, guess what? When you have an amana and a bas, and we have to decide, they're both tonight, Suba. The amana needs to get mezainus, and the bas needs to get mezainus. Who should get them? And who should go knock on the doors? What do we say? We say that the amana should get the mezainus, and the daughter should go knock on the door. So we see that the almana is on a higher level. So if by an almana we said that when she gets mizaynas from the estate after the husband dies, part of the Tanaik Suba, and the Maisiyadayim, her Maisiyadayim, go to the heirs in exchange for that. So to for sure by the boss, because the boss against the almana will make the boss go knock on the door. So the Gemara says one second. There's two different things going on over here. There's Zilusa, Ling and Zilusa, what's considered an embarrassment, a disgrace, Amanusa Adifale. Yeah, it's on a higher level. Again, it's a bad look if the widow of so-and-so, the guy, right, after, after, they, after, after the guy passed away, he didn't make sure that his wife uh, had food. Okay, but for a girl to go knock on, to, for a daughter to go knock on a Yisayma, a little Yisayma, to go knock on the doors, is not, it's not that big of a zilusa. However, who does he want to end up with more money at the end of the day? He wants his daughter. Okay, so there's two different inyanim here, and <clears throat> therefore you can't compare the two. Again, Rav Shesha said, so that is a kasha on Rav Shesha. So Rav Shesha said that we should treat, there was an, a shaila asked to Rav Shesha. So Rav Shesha said we should treat the bas like the almana, that the Maisiyadayim should go back to the brothers in exchange for the Mizaynas. And we asked on that, we said that you, 
can't necessarily compare it. Again, if we're trying, the way the Acharyim explained it, we're trying to go into what did the father want. Maybe the father is totally fine. That is the kasha with the girls having extra money. And therefore, yes, they get the mezayinus, but maybe they don't have to give Maisei a dime. Masav, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef asked the following kasha. Maisei, that umitzi also. So we're gonna, Rav Yosef is going to come and try to prove from our Mishnah. So our Mishnah said, Maisei, a dime, umitzi also, afal pishaloi gavsa, even though they weren't collected yet, they were owed, but not collected, it sounds like that when the father dies, they belong to the brothers. So now, that's what, that was our Mishnah. So earned money, her accrued pay, that wasn't collected yet, and her Mitzvah. Okay, meaning that does transfer over to the brothers. Ah, you want to know why it transfers over? Because it was accrued earnings. The Mitzia was found while the father was alive. The work that generated her pay that was not collected yet was done while the father was alive. Okay, and therefore, And the Gemara's assumption is like this. The girl having Mitzvah is a Tanaik Suba. So it's pretty standard. It doesn't have to be. It's added on, but it's a Tanaik Suba. So it's pretty standard. So let's assume that we're talking about a regular girl with a regular tonight suba. She's getting mezainus. And yet, what do we see? It's only, what do the, the brothers get? They only get the accrued maesia dayim that were earned for work done, b'chayah Not after Misa. And therefore we see that the brothers do not get the money. So the Gemara says, We're talking about where there is not, that, that tonight does not exist in this situation. She doesn't get Mezaynas. So then what's the Chiddush? Why would you think they should get the Maisei Daim? Why would the, the mission even have to address this? Of course they wouldn't get the Maisei Eved. This is a concept of saying that a master is allowed to tell his Eved, okay, I own you, so I want you to do the work, and I'm not going to feed you either. Maybe it's a bad idea from an investment perspective, but he doesn't have a responsibility. He owns him for the Maisei Daim. That's by an Eved. Even an Eved Ivri, who's also an Eved, you can't do that too. You can't go ahead and require him to work without providing him food. And therefore, So what's the Havim? Why would I need the Mishnah to tell me a case that, that the brothers wouldn't get the Maisei Daim if there's no Mazinus? Of course. If there's no Mazinus, you wouldn't get Maisei Adayim. You can't have it both ways. Maybe by an Evid Kanani, you can have your cake and eat it too. Meaning you can require him to work and not provide Mazinus. But there's no Havamina by one's own, by the, by the daughter over here, by the sister, that we're going to require, we're going to require the Maisei Adayim to go to the brothers without them having to provide Mazinus. So the Gemara says, I'm a Rabbi Bar Ula, No, the Mishnah is coming to address a situation of Hadafa. Meaning, what happens if she produces... Her salary is more than she needs for Mazinus. So maybe there's a Havamina there. Yeah, she takes, what we're saying is like this. You take care of your own food needs. You take care of your own needs. And anything extra, there's a Havamina to say that maybe it should go to the brothers. And that's what the mission is coming to address. So now, Amar Rabba, Gavar Rabba, Kareb Yosef, Layada Deika Hadafa. Rabbi Yosef is well aware of this concept of Hadafa. And yet, he was trying to ask or bring a Raya, deal with this Shaila, or ask on Rav Sheshis, who said, Rav Sheshis said, that the, the brothers would get her Maisei in exchange for providing Mazinus. He's trying to ask for a Mishnah. And he knows about Hadafa. So what, you're coming to answer? Oh, it's Hadafa. And yet, 
he's asking on Rav Sheshis from our Mishnah. So let's try to figure out. He obviously had, there was something there. And don't answer me up. Don't try to pop to me up by saying, oh, it's the Hadafa. Rav Sheshis knew about Hadafa. And yet, he still was asking from our Mishnah on Rav Sheshis. So what was the Kasha? Elama Rabba, Rav Yosef, Masnis and Gufa Kasha Lei. Rav Yosef was asking the following question. Tikatani, it says in the Mishnah, Maisi Yadai, Umitziyasa, Afal Pishalei Gavsa. So we say that her Maisiya dime that were accrued, her earnings that were accrued, and her Mitsiya, even though it wasn't collected. Now, Mitsiya is not a collectible thing. She found it. She has it already. Mitsiya is not something that's subject to collection. If she found it on the street, so then she has it. So what is this idea of Gavsa? We understand by pay, it makes sense. So what is the Mishnah coming to tell us? Mitsiyasa, Miman Gavya. You don't collect a Mitsiya. You found the Mitsiya. It's yours. There's no, like, you earn the right to have a Mitsiya. Like by pay, by pay, you earn the right to have it. Now it's subject and it's an accounts receivable. You have to go collect what you're owed. But that doesn't exist by Mitzia. Ella, lab hachi kamer. You know what the Mishnah is coming to tell us? That's why, that's why you put the two together in the Mishnah. We're trying to say, treat the Messiah like Mitzia. Ma Mitzia v'chaya av la'av. Yeah, la'achar misa sa'av la'atzma. And this is what Rabbi Yosef meant to ask on Rabbi Sheshis. Our Mishnah says that like Mitzia, just like a Mitzia, if she. Only Av would the father get the mitziah. Anything, but mitziah is achar misa. There's no question that it should be hers. Af nami shmamina. So Rabbi Yosef is coming to ask Rabbi Sheshis said again, the question was asked to Rabbi Sheshis. In the Tanaik Suba, if the sisters are getting mizaynas from the brothers because of the Tanaik Suba from the father, do they provide my Rav Sheshis wanted to say yes, like Amana. We asked on that. Plus, Rav Yosef says, what do you mean? Rav Yosef goes to Rav Sheshis and says, what do you mean? It's from our Mishnah, the way we now understand this, our Mishnah clearly seems to be saying, Mitziyasa doesn't make sense. Elamai is coming to tell us, it's, a, it's some, the Megala is something about the Maisiyadayim. That Maisiyadayim are like Mitziyah, just like Mitziyah, there's no Havamina to say that the, it should go to the brothers, Achar Misisav, so too Maisiyadayim shouldn't go to the brothers after Misisav. Maskifla Rabba. Sorry, I skipped. Eat marnami. This again, like Rav Yosef. I'm Rav Yehuda. I'm Rav. Bas hanizonis menachem ma'aseidel la'atzma. We see clearly that Rav Yehuda, I'm Rav. Says so. Rav Shita is like Rav Yosef. That what ma'aseidayim are la'atzma. They do not go to the brothers. I'm Rav Kana. My timer. Why? Why do, doesn't it go to the brothers? This is talking about the Evid Kananim. Evid Kananim is we treat as the possessions of the father's estate. Where do the father's estate go after Misa's, after Misa's Sa'av? They go to pass down to his heirs, to his male heirs, to the sons. Okay? So the Avadim Kananim should be passed down to your sons. So we make a, we learn from a drasha that there's, that the, that, the Maisa Yadayim, or any of the Zchusim, really, and we're going to discuss for the next 10 blot, a lot of it's going to be discussing the Zchusim the father has. The Zchusim that the father has do not get passed down. And we alluded to this, really, at the Rashi alluded to this on the Mishnah. We brought this, in on the Marish Levnei, Zchush Mikra. That's this Pasuk that Rashi quoted when we talked about this idea that if there was an Oynes and Mufuta, that's how we got here, if there was an Oynes and Mufuta, that didn't go, there was no Hamada Bedin, so at that point, just as Chos, the ability to be Teveya, the Ma'anes or Mufata in Bezdin, is a Chos, and that Chos does not get passed down. We see Chos don't get passed down, only physical possessions. Okay? Maskif, Maskif Larabo, the aim of the Pitoi Habas, the Knossus, the Chabalos, Kosom, Medaber. So he's asking on this, this that you're saying, that we don't pass down zechusim, maybe it's limited. Maybe in is yes. You know what we don't pass down? It's 
the ability to be Tevea, Oynes Mafate. That's his chos. But this is something more than his chos. Maybe this does get passed down, right? You could hear how this is kind of in between. So, and we see that actually Reb Hanina said that the Zchosim equal, you know what Zchosim don't get passed down? They agree to the Drush or the Pasuk. Things like Evakanani get passed down, Zchosim don't. Where do my say, we're just, they're, they're, what they're asking is, who says that Maisei Yadayim Shalabas is in the Zchosim category? Maybe it is something that can be passed down. So the Gemara says, well, one second, you're, bund- you're bundling together Pitoy Abbas, Knossos, and Chavolois, Chavolois, Tzara de Gufa Ninu. Chavala is, is physical pain that the girl herself experiences. And the Rashi says, The father doesn't get that, doesn't get the tsar that she physically, that she physically gets. Um, so the Gemara says, We're talking about where she gets smashed in the face. And you know what? She's now worth less, okay, as a wife. Because somebody, right, she got an injury in her face. And therefore, from a monetizing perspective, so yeah, that's what we mean when we said tsar. Okay, but either way, the kasha stands, meaning the, who says, again, Rabbi Yehuda Marav brought a pasuk to say it's not Maisei Adayim. And we asked, what do you mean? Who says, who says, when we said, uh, I agreed to this in concept that the father can't pass down schosim to the son, but schosim is a category. What fits into that category? Maybe it's only Knasa, Anusa, Mufota, Chavala, Tsar, we're warranted. Okay, maybe it's, maybe it's only those things, but not everything else. So why, why are we saying Rav Zera and Rebbe Zera? Rav Zera was in Babel. There is no smicha in Babel, right? It really tied this together. In order to have, to enforce Knasas, it has to be, what did we say? Bebezdin, Smuchim. Barrett Yisrael, so he was called Rav Zera when he was in Babel because he couldn't get smicha because he was in Babel, and then he became Rebbe Zera. So the question was, when we're saying Va'amrila here, it's the same person. But when did he say it? Did he say it when he was a Rav or a Rebbe when he was in Babel or in Eretz Yisrael? And Rashi points this out, right? So either way, but what's the Memra? <coughs> Again, we see like Rav Yosef wanted to say, not like Rav Sheshes, that a Bas Nizanis Menachem getting from the brothers <coughs> who does. The Maisei Yadayim go to, goes to, she keeps it. Where do we see this idea? Like we said, Rabbi Yehuda Amar, even though we asked on it, Rabbi Yehuda Amar Rav said, Real possessions get passed down, bequeathed to the sons. So we see that a person does not bequeath or pass down the schos of his daughter and his schos for his daughter to his children. Amalei Avimi, Bar Papi, Shakhaid Amra. Okay, that Shakaid also says this. Says this, just like you said, that the Schusim, the Hainu, the Maisiyadayim, even though she's getting Mizainas from the brothers, the father, again, what do we say the logic is? The father wants her to be more wealthy and will allow her to keep her Maisiyadayim. That was the intent. Shakaid Amra. Who is Shakaid? Um, uh, <coughs> so, Shakam Manu. Who is Shkaid, sh- sh- Shakaid, whatever? Shushmul. So we say that is Shmuel. So the Gemara says, now interesting, when we had in Ksubis, we had the original, you just look back, we had Shaktu, that was Shmuel who said it. But I don't think that's not, not, that's not what Rashi says here. Rashi says we call, it doesn't tie the two, it just happens to be interesting. Rashi says we call Shmuel Shakud al Shum de Hilchasa Kavasa Bedini, Vishaykid al Devarav Laimrim Kalacha. Okay, that he was uh, diligent, right? It's the same idea of we said Shaktu is a lesson of he's diligent, right? And maybe um, 
you know, just very diligent to make sure that he's being quoted. We, in today's day and age, we would call it OCD, right? So um, that sort of idea, not clinically, of course, but meaning in the, that he's perfectionist, he's diligent to make sure it's done uh, properly, okay, so shakut is shmuel. So the Gemara says, well, what do you mean? You, you're saying Shmuel says it, Rav says it, and normally Rav and Shmuel argue. Harav Amra. So he says, Ema af Amra. Even Shmuel, meaning we're saying that the, the, the amount of uh, Tanayim, or Amaraim, more precisely, the amount of Amaraim that are weighing in on the side, not like Rav Shesha, but on the side of Rav Yasef, is overwhelming. So Rav and Shmuel, and we had Rav Yehud Amarav, Rav Zeir Amarav, and we had even Shakud, the diligent one. Amar Amar, the Ravashi, Hachi Amar Nahardahi. Nardai says the Hilchasakavasa Rav Sheshis. The Hilchasak of Sheshis, meaning, what's, what does Rav Sheshis hold? Even though we asked on him, and even though there was a slew of Amarayim, Nardai says the Hilchas like Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis held that she does have to give the Mazainas, uh, I'm sorry, her Maisa Yodayim to the brothers in exchange for the Mazainas. Ravashi Amar Hilchasakavasa to Rav. Ravashi says the Hilchas like Rav. The Hilchasakavasa to Rav. The Hilchas is like Rav. Okay, so that is a pretty isolated. Shiloh that we had. Let's move forward. Zuck the next Mishnah. Hamaaris is beaten. So, so the, the daughter gets to keep her, her, her income after that, but the, the widow has to give it over. Correct. To, yeah. And that's because of Zilusa, meaning the. And yeah, yeah, that's because, again, there's a, there, the reason why, it sounds like the reason why the widow gets Mizainis is because it's Zilusa, it's not a good look. Right? It's, it's, however you translate, Zulusa. I'm trying to find, I'm struggling to find the correct English word. Right? But it's not, it's not a good look for him to pass away and leave his wife hanging out, you know, out on the street. Now, his daughter, but he doesn't necessarily want his wife to become wealthy. He wants her to be taken care of, but not wealthy. The daughter, he's happy for her to become wealthy. Doesn't have a problem. So we're looking to determine what his intent was. Looking That's the way that Achorinim explained. For what, what husbands in general would, would want. In other words, can he override it? I mean, I think he can always over this this sort of thing. I think anything can be ran into the ksuba. If it's a tonight ksuba, so this would be standard. Within Tisephus ksuba, we'll have to see when we get into ksuba exactly what. But the Mizanis is a tonight ksuba. The question is, yeah, I, it, it sounds like, again, the way we're learning in the Gemara is what is the standard intention? We have to define what the standard intention is. So, according to not Roshacious, so... The, because our question was, tonight there's, it, it's a tonight suba, and we don't know what his, because it doesn't say explicitly, we don't know what his das is. And, and, and not Rashid, everybody who holds not Rashid should say, since we know that it's not a Yerusha, therefore we don't assume that it was a tonight, it, we, don't, we can't say it was part of the tonight? No, no, the tonight is limited to Mizanis. That's the tonight. Now the question is, and she gets the Mizanis, the question is, right. would the father want her to still keep my Sayyidayim. When he wrote it in, did he intend, the father intended to be a quid pro quo? Then, then, if it's a tenai, if it's a tenai ksubo, why does it depend on Vishnachaltem? Well, that's a reason why, Vishnachaltem is a reason why you can't prove me otherwise. Meaning, it comes, it's oh, telling me, okay. it was, and don't ask on me that why should we fear like the father because it's his chos. Basically, because it's a tzaddik suvet, it's not written. In, it's not written in. There's no reason to assume that he meant that he. That's what he meant. And and, and don't tell me that the brothers should get it because it should be passed down because it's his chos. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Tysus definitely discusses v'snachaltem. This is a, the the limit of v'snachaltem over here, and how and you're, you're you're touching on. You're picking at something that is definitely a subject of a lot of uh, discussion here, as far as exactly what role v'snachaltem plays. 
specific to this situation, but in general. Fine. Zakta Mishnah. Hama'aris is bitay. So let's say a man is, uh, his, 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 his daughter does Aresin, the Girsha, and she gets divorced. Irsa, she gets re Aresind, right? Remarried. Vinis Armala, and divorce. Ksuba Sashalai. So the Ksuba belongs to the father. Okay, now let's just, let's just understand. Normal, let's just talk about normal Ksuba situation. At Aresin, there is a Chiyiv Ksuba. The Tosefes Ksuba generally would, take, would, would go into effect at Nisuin. And we'll use this to explain over Yehuda Shita in a second over here. But we did, this part we did discuss before. If a girl does Aresin, Katana or Naira, she's Bersha Saviha, the father gets the Kesef Kedushin. If she gets divorced from Aresin, she never did Nisuin, she remains in the father's church. The father can remarry her and we get the money again. So you get the money of the Ksuba, so if we look at it really on the surface level, Ksuba is a chi of Aresin. If the husband divorces her, they never went to Nesuin, so it's all in Aresin. She's always, she never left the father's house completely, is the way to say it. She's still Bersha Saab. Therefore, any monetary gains coming to her, the Ksuba, the money of the Kedushin, would go to the father. So that's pretty standard. Hisia Vigirsha, let's say that she actually went ahead and did Nesuin, so at that point, the father never, doesn't have any chosim. He see of an Armala, and then he see as Labdafka over here, the way the Mepharshim explained this. Because the father can't marry her off after Nisun. He doesn't have any rights to her after Nisun. She's Yusuf and We've had that before. So, meaning she, mar- she got married again. She married herself off in Armala, and she then gets widowed. Ksubasa Shalah. So the Ksuba belongs to her. The father no longer has rights. What does Rashi explain? The Tanakama holds that, again, when is, when is, the standard thinking is when is the ksuba going to effect? At the beginning of Aresin. Okay? And says the Tanakama that what do we go? We go Basar Guvaina. We go when is the ksuba collected? Again, if we look at it this way, a ksuba, like we mentioned, isn't always paid. It's not, it's different than a loan document or an agreement because it's really the whole thing is really al tanai. If the husband dies or divorces her, then he has to pay her. But it goes into effect at the beginning of Aresin. So therefore, maybe we can look at it since it's a Tanai. So therefore, it never gets, it may never get actualized. And therefore, the Tanakama says, we're going to go Basar Guvaina. When do you collect the Ksuba? Well, she's going to collect it after she was already married in the Suwa. She's in the Suwa. She's not Prashasav. She's not Prashasav. The money belongs to her. However, Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, Harishayna Shel Ha'av. In the first marriage, again, the Nisuin will go, well, the Ksuba will go to the father. And Amrullah, the Chacham said, one second, how could you tell me? I don't understand. Again, the Tanakhama holds, the Chachamim are holding that we're going based on when you collect the Suba. When you collect the Suba? After she's in the Suba. After she's in the Suba, she's no longer in the father's Rishos. Rabbi Yehuda's going to hold, he will have to hold on some level, that we're going to go based on the fact that what? She collected, the, 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 the Suba became Chayev when she was in Arusa, Katana Nara, in the Rishos of the father. So now, time had, so let's first, let's discuss one thing before we get to the Machlikes. So it just, and, and all the Gemara is now discussing is the Lashon over here. It said, Hama'aris is pita vigirsha irsa vinisarmala ksubasa shaloi. So taima the hisiya, or actually the second case, hisiya vigirsha hisiya vinisarmala. We said, why did we have to, in both cases there would be a ksuba, whether the husband divorced her or whether the husband died. Why do we have to pick two different cases? Why don't we just say, he, the hus- first husband died, second husband died. So the Gemara is saying, time of the Yisiyah v'gir she'yisiyah v'nesarmala, avonesarmala trezimne, but if she became widowed twice, suloi chazir le'insubi. 
she can no longer get married. Santana is going like Rebbe, Shitas Rebbe, the Amar betrays him, okay, that she is Becheska's Katlanus, and therefore after two, again, we're talking about Nisua, so there, um, that's why, and we're telling Darach Agav, that's why we have to say if she was divorced one time and the, hus- and the second husband died, but if both husbands died, she wouldn't be able to get married a third time. But what's the Nagea to Inyonenu over here? We have a Machlekes, Tanakama, and Rebbe Yehuda. When a Katana gets married, full Nisuin, she, she becomes a Nesua, where she's no longer from the Rishis of Father. The, the original Ksuba, which was triggered at the time of Erisin, okay, do we say that belongs to the Father, or does it belong to her? That's a Machlekes. Now, why? My time is Av. Okay, you want to know why? So now we're trying to understand. The Chachamim, it seems pretty simple. Because we're going Basar Guvaina. Meaning, when, do, when is the ksuba collectible after the husband dies or divorces her? She, at that point, was in a suah. She is no longer in the shis of the av. Therefore, she doesn't have the ksuba. Rabbi Yehuda holds that, no. We're going to go based on when did, what, what started the chiv. The chiv started where? Rishas Erisin. Rishas Erisin, she was Rishas of the father. Masiv Rava, Rabbi Yehuda, Emer Rishayin HaShallah Av, Amaydi Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda will agree. B'ma'aris hispitek shikitana ubagra. Here's the problem. Let's say we had a case where she became a Bagaris. So while she was still in Arusa, before Nisuin, she became a Bagaris, meaning she's no longer Bersha Sa'av, because she's a Bagaris. That the father doesn't get the Ksuba. So when does the Chiv Ksuba start? When she was in Arusa. You said the reason Rabbi Yehuda... The reason why, even after she's in a sua, no longer the father's rishos, that the father's going to get the ksuba because the chi of ksuba was triggered at Arisen. Well, over here we said that if she's bagra during the Arisen, the chi of ksuba was also when she was bershos So why is it that when she became a bagaris later, that we should say that the father's not going to get it? Ella, so you have to say, here's the reason, Rabbi Yehuda, Eli Imar, Hachi Imar. Rabbi Rabbi says, Amit Harbayu, Hayolu Bershusai, Nichtavin. That you know what, Rabbi, we had, we're going to modify Rabbi Yehuda. Yes, there is, what we can't argue on is that there's a Chiyav Ksuba from Shas Erisin. However, however, the, we're not, the Chiyav is the formalization of that Ksuba. And the way, so brought down, Tysus brings this down. In Tesis in Bab Metzia brings this down that the formal where we formalize the ksuba meaning when do we add so again and I kind of framed this at the beginning of today when we discuss this the ksuba there's the ksuba the either the rice part or the what we'll call there's the chi of bezdin part that's a chi of bezdin triggered at Arusha. they wouldn't write a ksuba for that that's the standard they didn't need to write a document because it didn't include anything extra that was what bezdin either it's Part, whether you hold this middle rice or whether you hold this middle Bezdin said that there has to be a ksuba. So that, we never had to write anything down. So what we're saying is, the, when does the ksuba get formalized? When they would get together, right before the marriage. So what they would do is, they would write the Tesefes ksuba, the Tanai ksuba, they would add in all that stuff. That does need to be written down. So the answer is, you know, Rabbi Yehuda holds, Rabbi Yehuda holds that we don't go basar when the chi of ksuba came at the Shas Erisin. We go Basar, when we wrote the ksuba, that's when we formalized the ksuba, that's when it turned into a live document. And that's what, and therefore, in our Mishnah, we're assuming, we're talking about a case, 
that she was in a katana or naira throughout Arison. She went to Nisu and she got married. Rabbi Huda says, well, when we wrote the Ksuba, she was a katana or naira. She was Bersha Saviya. But in the case of the Brysa, where we said that the father wouldn't get it, that's because she became a Bigeres. And then, before the Nisuin, she was already outside of the Shusha Father. That's when we formalized the Ksuba. We wrote the Ksuba. And therefore, since she was a Bagaris at the time of the writing of the Ksuba, we don't go based on, again, all, what we're changing in the exception, according to the Rabbanon, it's clear we go based on Guvaina, when the Ksuba is collected. At that point, she's a Nisua. So it's impossible, no matter what age she is, it's impossible, since she, since she is, um, she's no longer Bershus Na'av, so the Ksuba would always go to her. It would be impossible for the father to get the Ksuba. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, we're saying she goes based on, the original Havamina was, we go based on when the Chiyav Ksuba was triggered, which was at the beginning of the Arisen. And now we're modifying that, saying that the reason Rabbi Yehuda, it's not based on when the, the original Chiyav Ksuba was triggered at the beginning of Arisen, but rather it's when it was formalized, when it was written down. And like I said, the, the Mepharshim explained the reason why there is because that's where we added in the stuff that needed, we needed to write. Because, yeah, the original Ksuba, Bezdin part of it, that's guaranteed to her. We don't need a star for that. But for all the Tanai Ksuba and all the Tosefes Ksuba and all the stuff that we'd add into the Ksuba, that we would. So, I'm gonna do a very quick, very, very quick, because I think it can be summarized very quickly, even though it's late. Okay, so, we first asked the Shiloh, we wanted to know Okay, which we said was a, t- a, t- a Tanai Ksuba, we said, do the brothers get the Maisei Diamond exchange for that? Or Shesha said, yeah, like Almana, we see that they do. And, and, and we asked on that, what do you mean? That by Bita, maybe the father's happy that, the father's happy that she should become wealthy. And by the Almana, we don't have that reason. And even though when it came to Zilusa, we put the Almana on a higher level than the, the daughters, but when it comes to Maisiyah, when it comes to Harvacha, meaning them profiting, maybe the father really intended, yes, as Kanai Suba says that the, that the brothers should provide for the sisters, but he wants the sisters to be as wealthy as possible, and therefore, maybe she keeps her Maisiyah dying as well. Um, Rav Yasef, he asked, originally we thought he was asking just freestanding question from our Mishnah, and we, that could be answered with Hadafa, but he ended up saying that our Mishnah and the clue, he asked from Rav that, no, Maisei Adayim are hers. Why? Because of the fact that in the Mishnah, we compared Maisei Adayim to what? We compared Maisei Adayim to Mitziyasa. And we said Maisei Adayim sh- that were collected. Now, Mitziyah never gets collected. So what was the point of us comparing Maisei Adayim to Mitziyah? Just like a Mitziyah, that there was no Havamina that she should get Acha Misa. Okay, there's no such thing as collectible. It makes no difference if collectible or not. There's no such thing as a Mitziyah that isn't uh, collectible. Um, it's found already, okay? And therefore, we compare the two, just like Mitziah, there's no Havamina that it should go to the brothers after the death of the father, so too, Maiseah <clears throat> Daim don't go to the father after the, after the, don't go to the brothers after the death of the father. And we also saw Rabbi Yehuda Marav and Rabbi Zeyra Marav and Rabbi Vimi said Af Shakud, which we said was Shmuel said this, that Maiseah Daim go to her, even though she gets Mizanus from the brothers. Why? Because so we see that the brothers don't have any rights to Maiseah Daim, and therefore I'm not, I'm, I'm not forced to introduce that in to determine whether or not the brothers should have any rights to it. They don't have any rights to it. And the father, like we explained, Rabbi Yasef wanted to say, 
um, that were total, or like we asked from Rav that were totally fine with the father. The father is totally fine for the girl to have extra money, and therefore the Maisei Daim don't go to the children. We had Machlekes uh, between Nardai and Ravashi, who's the halacha like, Rav or Karav, and we said Hilchsa Karav. Okay, then we discussed this idea, Ma'aris Bitai, okay, that she, we, we used the case of where she was Ma'aris, she, uh, she did Arison, right, got married, divorced, Arison, divorced. We said both Ksubas uh, would go to the father. She's never left Bershus Av from Arison. But when it comes to Nesuin, so then we say the Tanakama holds, we go Basar Guvaina. Okay, so when does she get the Ksuba? The Ksuba is collected after, when she's, meaning she's already in her own Rishus. She's no longer in Rishus Av. And therefore, the father doesn't get it. Rabbi Yehuda held that no, the father, since we originally said, <clears throat> that the father would get it because the chi of ksuba came when? When she was Bershus the father, by Arison. And we asked on that, we said, well, well then what happens? Why by Bigeris, if, if she becomes a Bigeris in the middle of Arison, would you say the father doesn't get it? We said that you were right. It's really not the, it's not really when the chi of ksuba came, we're going to go bust her, who's Rishus? Was she in the father's Rishus or not? We look at when the ksuba was written, when it was formalized, when it was written. And therefore, since a, in a standard case where the girl remains in the father's rishos all the way up to Nesuin, it's written while she's in the father's rishos, and therefore it goes to the father.